0: I'm Rene Ritchie, and welcome to the channel. And yes, Apple has only just launched the iPhone 12 series. So yes, it is absolutely beyond ridiculous that there are already rumors about the iPhone 13. But 2020 is basically the worst DCEU movie ever. And 2021 might just be the Snyder Cut. So if you're still trying to figure out what to buy and when, I'm gonna help you out by going through all the latest rumors and giving you my reactions to them live. And I'm gonna do it right now. Sponsored by Ting. So first, the name. Now, there haven't actually been any rumors about the name. Everyone is just calling it iPhone 13 because it's easiest to use the whole number and not the number S modifier. But Apple has gone back and forth on both of those. For a while, they did like iPhone 13. 3G and then iPhone 3GS, iPhone 4, iPhone 4S. But they haven't always done that. For example, there was never an iPhone 7S. Apple went straight from the iPhone 7 to the iPhone 8. And there was never an iPhone 11S. Apple went from the iPhone 11 to this year's iPhone 12. So next year could very well be an iPhone 12S or it could be an iPhone 13. These are just marketing names. Apple could call them anything they want. iPhone 12S, iPhone 13 iPhone 2021, just iPhone, or like I've joked in the past, iPhone mother of dragons. It really is just a decision they make at the last minute to meet whatever marketing criteria they have. So iPhone 13 is just simpler for everyone. And that's what I'm gonna use now. Next up, sizes. So Guoming who's rated at 78% accurate by the Apple track website, says that next year's models will come just exactly the same sizes as this year's models. And that stands to reason. I think that makes a lot of sense because once Apple sets up production for these devices, not that there aren't changes, there can be massive changes internally. Several times when Apple has done S models, basically everything has changed. They have redone the phone at an atomic level. Every bit has changed, like the iPhone 6S, it changed every part of the materials. It changed a lot of the internals. Apple just made it in the same shape as the previous year, but keeping it in that shape does give them very specific targets for everything they are putting inside. For example, they know exactly what the thermal envelope is for the processor. So now that they've pretty much moved us onto the four phone model, I expect we will see that next year and maybe for a couple years to come. And now it starts to get fun because the display, Ross Young of Display Search, who's rated at 100% by Apple track, but only across two rumors, So that number means absolutely nothing yet. Uh, He says that the display size on the iPhone 13 will be the same as on the iPhone 12, which makes sense again, given the sizes are supposed to be the same, but we'll use LTPO or low temperature polycrystalline oxide OLED for promotion style adaptive refresh rates. And promotion is the name of the technology that Apple uses on the iPad Pro. Now the iPad Pro is LCD and Apple has been able to add oxide to those panels and do variable, the adaptive refresh rate for years since 2017. And what that means, what the adaptive part means is that Apple didn't just put in a 120 Hertz panel, because those cost a lot in terms of power. They just put a lot of pressure on the battery and many times you don't need it. So if you are scrolling, for example, sure, but if you're just looking at a static picture or a static website, you don't need to refresh the screen that much. It's just incredibly wasteful in terms of battery life if you do that. So what Apple did with promotion is they let the display ramp up to 120 Hertz when you were doing things like using the Apple Pencil or scrolling, anything that really benefited from that high refresh rate. But when you weren't doing that, it would stay at 60 Hertz. And when the screen was mostly static, when you were just looking at a picture or reading something off a book, for example, it would go down as far as 48 Hertz or 24 Hertz. Uh, And it could do things like show you a movie in 24 frames per second, which I always say is just the frame rate that nature and Hollywood intended, but it could mostly save power. It could recoup some of the power that it expended for the 120 Hertz. And that's entirely the reason Apple didn't go to 120 Hertz with the iPhone 12 this year. Reportedly, there just wasn't enough. There just wasn't enough LTPO OLED panels available from Samsung to do an iPhone 12 style run. Samsung managed to get them into the Galaxy Note series but the iPhone remains the most popular single model of phone and with four phones, that is a significant demand on a brand new OLED process that just may not, or it turns out did not have the yield or the capacity rates to meet it yet. But next year it's looking really good. We'll get the same sort of panels that Samsung is using this year in the Note into the next iPhone and fingers crossed, all the adaptive 120 Hertz refresh to go with it. Touch ID. So uh, Guo Ming-chi has also said that Apple will launch the new iPhone 13 models with both Face ID and Touch ID, a new kind of Touch ID that he says will enhance security and convenience because of multiple biometrics. And this would be a different kind of Touch ID. Apple has done now a power button Touch ID with the brand new iPad Air. Uh, and a lot of people were hoping that they would bring that to the iPhone 12 because we live in 2020, the age where we all should be wearing masks pretty much all the time when we're around other human beings. And that just is not conducive to Face ID. The side effect of Apple's integrated models for phone production is that they're working several years ahead. And so the iPhone 12s were largely in place long before 2020 turned into the drop test of years. And there was just no capacity given the way Apple develops phones to go in and change that later. But they had been, they were planning, apparently to get back into touch ID, not in the power button, but in the display. And a lot of vendors have done that previously. Some have used optical sensors, which haven't really worked that well. And others have used ultrasonic sensors, which have worked much better. And Apple has patents on acoustical Touch ID sensors for under the display. But they also now, because of their deal with Qualcomm, have access to Qualcomm's patent portfolio, which includes those kinds of ultrasonic Touch ID sensors that Samsung and other vendors have been using. So it looks good that we will get that sort of under display Touch ID in the next iPhone models. And I'm just a huge fan of multiple biometrics. I'm sure it adds complexity on Apple's side, but that is literally their job. But it means that if you have to wear gloves uh, because of your job or because it's winter, you can still use Face ID. Or if you have to wear a mask because you're out and about with other human beings, you can still use Touch ID. And hopefully in my best of all case scenarios, these things can eventually become proactive instead of reactive. Uh, And we're still a ways out from that, but this is the beginning of how we get there. Everyone's favorite, The Notch. And yeah, not everyone hates the notch, but no one loves the notch. And Samsung leaker Ice Universe, who isn't tracked at all for Apple rumors, but is all up inside Samsung's supply chain, said the notch could be smaller this year. And that might just be due to moving things around internally. For example, moving the earpiece up so that the cameras can be collapsed closer together and make it narrower, or just making the components themselves smaller so that it can be vertically shorter than it is currently. According to Korea's ET News though, the Samsung Galaxy Fold 3 could have an under-display camera, specifically that Samsung Electronics is designing a display that has wider pixel spacing in the area where the under-display camera would be placed in order to secure an opening ratio so that there's basically uh, no issue with taking pictures. And this deals with Samsung, but Samsung is currently the majority supplier of Apple's display panels. Apple designs the displays, but Samsung fabs it for them. Similar to, but not exactly the same as Apple designing their A series chipsets and Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing, fabricating those chipsets for them. So as Samsung can introduce new technologies like the LTPO we talked about, Apple can benefit from those technologies as well. Now it sounds like Samsung won't have this ready in time for their Galaxy S21 launch, which is expected very, very early in 2021 but will have it in time for the Galaxy Fold 3, which comes later in the year, uh, typically around the same time as the Galaxy Note. Next year might even be replacing the Galaxy Note. And that is similar to the timeline that Apple typically introduces their new phones, their new iPhones in the fall. The only question is, would it be sort of a short batch, yo- low yield, yolo yield, a low yield uh, expensive option that, can't really be scaled up to the amount, the volume uh, that Apple requires for the iPhone like LTPO was this year, or will it be something that Samsung has widely available? And then if it's widely available, is it something that only works on RGB cameras, on selfie cameras, or would it also work with things like the flood illuminator and the dot projector? The infrared cameras that Apple uses for Face ID, if they can only get the RGB camera under the display, Maybe that's a slight improvement, maybe that can contribute towards a narrowing, but unless and until they can get all of that stuff under display, uh, the notch is just here to stay. All right, cameras, which is always one of the biggest and most important upgrades every year. And Guoming says that there will be a significant upgrade this year. F 1.8 and six element lenses with autofocus for the ultra wide angle, which is just a huge improvement over the current F 2.4, five element lens with fixed focus ultra wide cameras that we had in last year's iPhone 11 and still have in this year's iPhone 12. And yeah, those have just been the weakest of the cameras in Apple's lineup since they introduced them last year on the iPhone 11. And because all of Apple's cameras are fused, the camera system is fused and they sort of cross talk, it can pull focus information from the wide angle camera. So it's non terrible, but having its own, being able to contribute on its own towards that autofocus system is just a, a significant improvement, as is the performance, especially in low light and with motion that we'll get by having that camera be just much, much faster. What's probably gonna be the most uh, controversial change is that the iPhone 13, well, first is expected to have the same lightning ports as the iPhone 12 and just sorry, so sorry, every nerd in the world, except, except Guo Ming-chi has said that we can expect the highest end model would just cancel the lightning port and provide what he says is a completely wireless experience. And it's unclear if by highest end, he means uh, the th- iPhone 13 Pro Max would have this feature, similar to how the iPhone 12 Pro Max uh, uniquely has the highest end camera feature. And instead, you know, as the camera features move across the line, the differentiator now would be this new portless version or if Guo means Apple will be making a special higher end iPhone, similar to what they did where there was still the standard iPhones, the eight and the eight plus, but then there was the iPhone 10 on top of those that introduced new generation technologies a little bit earlier into the lineup. And if Apple is gonna go portless across the line, eventually they could introduce one of those models a year earlier as sort of an iPhone 10 style one shot. But there are still just so many questions about this. What it sounds like is that there might be some form of smart connector similar to what we've seen on the iPads for years now, what Apple uses on all of them to connect to things like the smart uh, keyboard or the magic keyboard even. And that that would provide at least a minimal level of physical data transfer. So you could do something like a restore. And what could be super interesting is if Apple ties that into MagSafe and make it into something like a smart connector as well, then you could have a portless design on a higher end iPhone and eventually all iPhones, but still have that option for at least a baseline of data transfer if and when you really need it especially for accessories that might really need it. So modems, modems are not the realm of rumor because we kind of know Qualcomm's roadmap and there is the X55 modem in the current generation of iPhone 12 and we'll almost certainly be getting the X60 uh, third generation 5G modems in the iPhone 13. Uh, And likewise, in terms of chipset, this year we got the A14. Ever since Apple introduced their own chipsets with the A4 in the iPhone 4, they've just introduced a new chipset every year. And Apple's head of Silicon, their senior vice president of hardware technologies, Johnny Saruji, just never takes a year off, always says that you have to improve the Apple Silicon as much as you can every year, limited only by time and the laws of physics. So I expect that is just not gonna change anytime soon. As to when we could expect the iPhone 13 uh, fall 2021, but we'll have to see exactly how that all works out if and when the world just stops ending and how fast Apple can get back on their typical release schedule. Now this year, we saw the iPhone 12 and 12 Pro first, and then we saw the iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 12 Pro Max later, and that's not atypical. I mean, that was certainly because 2020, but Apple previously had the iPhone eight early and then the iPhone 10 a month later they previously had the iPhone 10s early and then the iPhone 10r a month later so that could easily happen again especially if maybe the portless model takes a little bit longer to ship than the standard iPhone 13 models but either way i expect all of them will come out during the fall just like always, and if you wanna start saving on your cell bill right now, so it's easier to get that iPhone 13 later, well, you can do that with Ting Mobile. And that's whether you want only a limited amount of data or just all of it, Ting has the perfect plan for you and for your family. You can get talk and text for just 10 bucks a month, data from 15 bucks five gigabytes for 25 bucks, unlimited unlimited for 45 bucks. Whatever you need, just go to renee.ting.com, check out the plans and see how much you can save. And you get access to the best, just the best nationwide coverage in America on pretty much any phone from sure, the current iPhone 12 to the next iPhone 13, to all the galaxy flips and folds, pretty much anything that you can put a SIM card in and you can keep your existing phone, even your existing number if you want to. Basically, the next generation of Ting Mobile is here. And seriously, see how much you can save and get 25 bucks off. Just go to rene.ting.com, click on the link below or go to rene.ting.com and get $25 off. And clicking on that link just really helps out the channel. For a ton more on iPhone 12 and just everything iPhone, click on the playlist above. I've got in-depth reviews and comparisons and previews, just all of it, lots more to come. So click on the playlist above and I'll see you next video.